We are the Love Jays, and you're listening to Married Millennials. A conversation about being young, in love, and navigating life one student loan payment at a time. I'm Joy. I'm Justin. Let's get to it. Hello and thank you for tuning in to episode 28 of Married Millennials. For some reason, it feels like it's been a minute. You know what I thought about? Our last episode was episode 27 and we're both 27 right now. That was like our golden episode. Was episode 27 dope? I don't know. I guess. So. Hell yeah, I it was guess. dope. That was, <laughs> was a like, re- so. that was a rhetorical question. <laughs> if you answered anything but hell yeah, that episode was dope. Stop listening right now and check yourself. <laughs> I kid. Okay. I kid. I DJ kid. Justin. Since we last spoke, we've been to New York. New York concrete jungle. Where I, 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 you know what the thing is? I can't even sing this song right now without being upset. Because while we were in New York, and we didn't find this out until after the after fact. After we got back. Alicia Keys and Jay-Z were performing in New York in Times Square. That They performed that exact and song. And we were in the city that day. And we day. were in the city that day. I was like, how did I not know that this was going on? See, that's what happens when you don't check Twitter all that's the time. That's upsetting. Yeah, I, I sent that to you. I was I was not pleased. We literally got back and she it was, was like, free we performance. She's like, oh, we missed out. I was like, what are you talking about? Oh, for real? So at the time we're in the city, Alicia and Jay just going to perform for the for the city of New York. And in it's New Empire York. State of Mind. So and of course, you automatically start singing that when you get there. I was so upset. Yeah, we major missed out. Was not pleased. But on the on the good news, on the good foot, I should say the good news about the trip is we had a really good time. I love New York, man. I. I would move to New York. The only problem with New York is there's just no space there. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like everyone is walking on top of everyone. I love it. Like, every time I go to New York, granted, this, I say every time I go to New York, this is my second time <laughs> going to New York. So I should I should say that. So when I But land, you had an instant attraction I had an instant, too. like, oh, yeah. I love this. I was like, baby, we can live here. We can live here. And right. as soon as we came back into our, our spot, I was like, Man, I just did a 360 in my living room. I was like, look at all this space. <laughs> yeah. Like, you can't get this in New York. And it's no. 70% cheaper. Right. I mean, you can get it, but for $5,000 more. <laughs> Straight up. Yeah. And sometimes- And with no parking. The space we have. Like, oh, <laughs> And LA no garage. So cramped. Yeah. yeah. LA is not cramped at all. Not in comparison compared to, to the city. No. Like, at no. all. And we stayed in Brooklyn. But it is compared to the burbs. Like if you those big houses out there for super cheap. Yeah, but who wants to live in the burbs? Not not I said this cat. Well, we grew up there. <laughs> I, I did my eighteen years. Like I, I did my time in the suburbs. Yeah, we paid our dues, our, our burb dues. Yeah, it, it, nothing wrong. Don't get me wrong. If you live in the suburbs now, you're raising your family in the suburbs. There's right. nothing wrong with it. But as someone who never experienced the city, I like to be I like to be close to it. And yeah. I, and we don't even really live in the city city like that. But the fact that we can access it immediately yeah. is enjoyable. Like growing up 30 miles, 35, 40 miles outside of the city. Yeah, it's always a journey. Yeah, you're just like, like oh, By man. the time you get there, you're like, ugh. You're like, down, downtown LA, I see that on the morning news every day. Like, that was as close as it got. So now it's just nice to be able to be like, ah, I'm I in agree. there and get the hustle and bustle of it all. And as you mentioned, this trip was a little different because we stayed in Brooklyn. How'd you like Brooklyn? Where Brooklyn at? I like oh, Brooklyn. Okay. It was a good vibe. The thing I like about New York, and this this isn't just Brooklyn, is that there's a culture of the city. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't feel like L.A. really has a culture. 
Like, there's just a lot of melting pots. You know, you have the different identities between the different, um, for, a lack, for a lack of a better word, the, bor- the boroughs of L.A. You know, you have the valley, you got the west side. I think they have plenty identity enough. Like, L.A.? Plenty identity enough, that sounds crazy. Yeah. But yes, you don't think that L.A. has distinct... Okay, well, I can say identity, <laughs> but I'm culture. Like, when you walked around, like when, you, when we walked around Brooklyn, like, literally walking from our cousin's place to the train station... Like I felt it. I just felt a different, a different vibe. Right. Like there was just so many different people who, I mean, they look different. They, they walk differently. They dress differently. There was just a, a melting pot of everything in New York. And and it could be, I could be biased because we live here. So I'm used to it. And maybe my eyes are exposed to something different. We still have a melting pot, but we're used to our melting pot. I still think it's different. I just think that you have different cultures present on each coast. So I think you're just used to our melting pot out here. That could be fair, too. And maybe it's something about the foot traffic because you're constantly yeah. on foot in New York. We're here. You're in cars. So you're just confined in your mm-hmm. own space and your own world that you create within your car. Yeah. You and basically only see who you want to see. Straight up. Like in New York, you don't have that option. Like no. You're constantly walking past and engaging with so many different people. And I think that is what allows me to connect. Like, man, there's just a culture out here because I'm interacting with anyone and everyone of all, from all different types of, of, of walks of life. Mm-hmm. Where if you're driving, I get in my car, I leave my house, I get in my car, I go to my office building, and there it is. Mm-hmm. It's done. I interact with my coworkers and I go back home. Maybe I go to the grocery store, but that's it. And who you see at the grocery store are the people that live in your neighborhood. So there's going to be some similarities there. And that's really it. Yeah, and I also think New Yorkers are a little more inclusive of their melting pot. Like, they're really accepting of it. And that's probably, again, It's like we have a melting pot, but maybe we're not as accepting of our melting pot. And that probably goes back to, again, the point that the the foot traffic. You're constantly moving. You have to engage with Mm -hmm. people. There's no like, oh, okay, today I'm just going to be a recluse. Mm-hmm. Like, no, I'm going to see thousands of people <laughs> with mm-hmm. them, just from my morning commute. Right. And you don't have that experience when you're in a car in Los Angeles. All right. I but I, but I did like it. It was it was enjoyable. I would love to. I, I say I'd love to live there, but no. If L.A. had the subway system, the trans metro We'd transportation, like LA would be the hottest city in the uh, world. Yeah. But like then it'd be more expensive that. than New York and we don't need, need that. that transportation system. Brooklyn Gosh. wasn't what I thought it was gonna be. It really was like a slower New York. Like it had very much the same well, no, the construction was a little different. They didn't have like the super tall The architecture is yeah. different, yes. Yeah, but it still had a similar feel. I don't know. I thought it was going to be like completely different no, than. It's still, you still, it's still New York. Like you're still in New York. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're still in but New it's, York. it is, it's different than the city, but not, not like how I thought it was going to yeah, be different. I, I just like it. You guys need to get out to New York. Yeah. And another good thing about New York too is there you can literally eat at all times of the day and have all 20 different cuisines in a yeah. matter of three blocks. Yeah. Oh, and that's I love a, to eat. There's a restaurant everywhere. That's the problem. That's that's why you eat so much is because there's just food readily available and Where, you're walking to wherever it. Wherever you go, yeah. oh, cool, I want Italian. You don't have to find parking. You don't have to valet. There's, no, you just walk in. You don't even have to weigh the decision, really. It's like, pizza? Yeah, I want pizza. Yeah, like, yeah oh, you, just, you eat everything. Yeah, we gained a little weight. In five pounds. We were there five days. Five pounds. Joy gained five pounds. I'm not stepping on a scale to find out how much I gained. And like, yeah, we walked a lot of miles. My iPhone told me one of the one of the days we walked five and a half miles, and I was still feeling like, oh, mm-hmm. I'm out of shape. And speaking of, of food, staying on the topic of food, 
If you have not been to the city or if you're currently in the city right now, you need to go to this Italian restaurant called Cafe Fiorello's. Mm -hmm. It is on 64th and Broadway. Broadway. Mm -hmm. Get the lemon tart dessert. Life changing. It's delicious. I've been craving this dessert. My cousin let me have a bite of his four years ago. And he said, this is the best lemon tart you'll ever have. And I was like, yeah, whatever. Tasted it. It was indeed the best lemon tart I'd ever had ever. And of course, it was only one bite. So for four years, I've been like salivating over the thought of this lemon tart. And so we took a special trip into the city. Well, what we, we ended up doing some We really later, did but, take a trip we, in the city just for this dessert. We, yeah, we specifically went for this damn lemon tart. And it was it did not disappoint. It was delicious. And I'm and I'm gonna qualify this statement. I don't even really like lemon tarts. I'm not a big no. fan of, of lemon desserts. And I don't remember it from four years ago. But the way Joy has been talking about it for the last four years, I was like, this must be the best thing that's ever it's freaking touched delicious. my taste buds. And we ordered it, and my gosh, just do yourself a favor. It's the best twelve dollars you'll spend, and, and they you will serve not it with it. Uh, homemade whipped cream as well, which I'm also a fan of. And a graham cracker, cra- like literally, just mm. just do it. Just and if you guys would it. like to mail us some, like we will greatly right. appreciate it. Just send it to the PO box, and we will gladly right. pick it up. I'm sure the post office will call and be like, "Hey, so <laughs> you, you got some dessert shipment? Ooh, appreciate like it. Just put it. Just put it in a you know some some dry ice or something. However you can right. you can ship." Food Get to stay cold, time. whatever that is, just like holla at us. Now I'm, cu- Need uh, I'm that. craving it again. Well, we and can't. There's like get, nothing, there's I can nothing do. you can do. It's three thousand uh, miles away. I tried to. I learned how to make lemon meringue pie. Actually, that summer when I got home after having it there, I was like, I'm gonna figure out how to make it. Can't and it make was it. Not even close. I think my lemon meringue's pretty good, but I'm I just, really I'm actually not a big just fan like of lemon it. pie. I don't like meringue. No, I just I don't like I don't really like lemon stuff, lemon dessert like that. That's really? what's crazy. No, I'm not a big fan of lemon tarts. That lemon pie was not popping. Right. Like I love you, but you didn't like my lemon pie. Nah, I wasn't really a fan. Really. I'm not, I don't like lemon desserts like that. I like lemonade. But I don't like I'm just now figuring finding Yeah, this out. I wasn't gonna be like, yo, it's terrible. And I also <laughs> It was terrible. No, it was not terrible. But keep <laughs> but to to your defense as well, I eat anything. I'm not, I'm one of those guys. Even if I don't really like it's really difficult for me not to eat. Is there stuff. anything else that you don't like? Let's go ahead and put it out there. Is there anything else that I make that you're like, I'm not really feeling this? Not really. You we don't, That's not you don't cook that much. So what what meals do I you make pretty signature things what do you, is there anything you don't really prefer from your signature dishes no that, that lemon meringue was a was a one-off thing right did you like the cookies the, la- I made? the last time your banana bread i was like maybe i just don't like banana bread i don't like that batch either that okay so it could have been just no, that batch. yeah i know that wasn't a good batch all right no that's it i don't i don't really have and that wasn't a shade by saying that like, you don't cook that much i don't want you to think that i was being, I okay that i was being i rude. could have but then i was like i don't think he meant it like no that. I, I didn't mean it like that and i just wanted to make sure that you didn't think i meant shout it like out that. to growth baby we're gonna fist bump on that oh, one fist bump? all right yeah. appreciate it <laughs> but no I, I would say that was just i'm the, i'm just that guy though i literally i'm you can come over and i cannot like something but if it's sitting in front of my face i'm still gonna eat it i told you i'm a snacker i am an right. avid snacker we have a problem. I just told you, every time I go to Costco, just buy ridiculous amounts of snacks. Like the Costco kettle corn in a pink bag. I think it's Oh, by, is it called pop? Is it called pop? I don't know. It's in a pink bag. It's all I know. It's, a it's ma- purple and pink. It's a massive pink bag and the kettle corn is delicious. And I've killed two giant bags of it in yeah. a week. Like I, I, I can't snack. I have a problem. Cheez-Its ate a whole half a bag, like the monster Costco size. So I just have a problem when it comes to snacks. 
And so if there's like, again, if there's something in front of me, I'm, I'm just going to eat it. And maybe that's why I have a little pudge around my stomach. <laughs> I got to, I got to work on that. You guys have any, any suggestions on how to get that little like lower pudge gone? Cause even when I was a Hooper, again, college shape, I still had a little <laughs> there and I don't know how to get rid of the it. The way you're describing it makes it seem, it, I, I partly think it's skin for, for those of you who don't know, Justin is not the most proportionate person. He's got really long legs and a short torso. And I think there's something about that that I feel like it's extra skin. Like if your torso were to be a little more stretched, you wouldn't have it. Well, I don't think it's fat. Well, unfortunately, I have it. Like, and it, and it sits there and it stares at me. That's probably like the one thing on my body that I'm self-conscious about. Really? Yeah. I'm just like, damn. Like, how do I? Because I even have like a line. Like, I just got even a line that sits there. Yeah, y'all know when y'all sit and there's just that little skin and just boo boo. And even when I'm fully stressed out, I'm like, damn. If I was sitting down for a long time, I just got a cold little line <laughs> running right there on my stomach. Aww. Like, even when I had like my little four pack, I don't, I couldn't, I couldn't figure out the bottom too. I don't know. I really don't know what to do. Oh, Maybe man. I just need to get a trainer. I'm going to kiss your little pudgy. See, and now she's going to rub my pudge as I talk about it. Because in a loving way. Why don't you just grip my love handles while you're at it? You I don't, don't, I don't have any of those. See, exactly. Don't play yourself. You tried to squeeze it trying to find I it. I did. No, because I swim twice a week. But I was going to give you some love. This is all love. Clowning me. I do need help though. How do y'all get rid of this? It's no, been like it's been a good. We 10 actually years. just need a trainer. If you're a trainer and you would like to train us for free ninety nine, <laughs> we are into it. I believe in paying for services. So me too, but not this one. <laughs> <laughs> you were you were so ridiculous. No, you, I actually really would. I would pay, but I'm just saying if we could get it for free, you might as well ask. Like <laughs> you know what? Closed mouths don't get fed. They That's, don't. That get, is my motto. And, I don't know if you guys have seen it. We posted a video on our on our Facebook page. I want to say was that six months ago? Crazy, super long story short. I don't I don't want to bore you guys to death. I had my laptop stolen when I went on a trip to Oakland, and it was a brand new MacBook computer, and I was devastated. I was like, oh my computer gone, stolen. Like literally, I I just got it that December, and then February, stolen, gone. Mm-hmm. And I was having a pity party for weeks. And I kept going back to Best Buy. Like, hey, I want to, we need to buy another computer. We need to buy a computer. But I could not bring myself to spend that money to buy something that you already owned that was then stolen from you. I, I just couldn't bring myself to, to spend the money. And we, we had went, maybe we're on our third trip to Best Buy. And there was another gentleman who was sitting there looking at computers and Joy asked, hey, do you want to buy us a computer? I said, hello, sir. Would you like to buy us a computer today? And that's exactly what I said to him. And I, if you guys could have saw my face, like I would have just saw a ghost. I was like, you cannot be serious right now. And baby. he said, please excuse my wife. I did say, please excuse my wife. I was so embarrassed. I was like, you can't. Like, what are you doing? Right. Long story short, this man ended up buying us a computer. Yep. Believe it or not, it was, it literally to this day is the craziest thing I've ever been a part of please go back to a, the video that we post on our page and, and we'll reshare it we'll put the link in the note so you guys can see but i have never an absolute stranger who we had never met prior to walking into best buy bought us a brand new macbook pro computer simply because joy asked for it closed mouths do <laughs> not get fed 100 percent ask and you shall receive that was the do not block your blessings there's so many (laughs) sayings for this i can keep going i'm just saying 
Yeah, that was I'm, that was My the one guy time. Is an awesome guy race. Did you like that song? I that did. Was like we my we jam. used to sing it. We had to sign the sign yeah. language with it. In this, when you go to little ele- the Christian elementary schools, mm-hmm. you have all the all the worship songs, and mm-hmm. that was one of them. But I, I know we used to have like uh, the little hand motion. I don't remember this was mm-hmm. decades ago, but yeah. But something it's true. Crazy. Yeah. I mean, that was literally the the best. Bless- Open your mouth and speak. Say your prayers. The Open best your mouth blessing. And speak. That we had been part of. Yeah. And to the and to the gentleman who blessed us with that, thank you again yeah, so much. You, you don't even understand what you did for us in that moment and the fact that we still use that very same computer yeah. to record this podcast. Yep. So I can honestly say if it wasn't for you, <laughs> I don't know how far along we would be in this podcast. Yeah. And I can't wait to one day cross paths again and be like, hey, you remember that time in 2016 when you met us? You know, here we are again. The world works like that. It does. It does. It's very exciting. I, I love full circle moments. Have you ever been passing by something or, you know, you go somewhere every day or not, not that you go to that place, but you pass by it. Let's say you have a park that you pass by every day, but then it turns out to be the park you propose to your significant other in four years later. Like all of a sudden this place that was just a place is now very significant and you pass by it all the time. It's just like, Oh, I love that so much. Life is is great that way. It always comes. Yeah. What goes around comes around. I believe in that. Gosh, that was a phenomenal story. You know what's a not so great story? Let me guess. Freaking Trump. Again, I, f- I just ca- I can't wait. Can I election can't day deal get with here? This November eighth. I I'm, I can't watch another campaign, even though the new debate is coming on um, this Wednesday, the final presidential debate. Like, I need this election cycle to end. Yeah, he's genuinely an awful person. <laughs> like, I don't even I don't even say that. I I say that in all honesty. This, I mean, it, I mean he's even awful. like the second debate, I couldn't. I I walked out of the second presidential debate. And I could fully just say as a... As oh, a, I thought you finished watching I, it. I did. I, but I had to take multiple oh. laps. I am just embarrassed. Like, I just, I'm embarrassed for American politics that this is what people have to watch. If, if foreigners or, or people who are not really too familiar with, with politics, like if this is your first introduction, when I'm thinking of the seniors in high school, the freshmen in college... Like this is your first introduction into really American politics and election that you're voting in. Like this is the one that you have to to deal with. Yeah, it's pretty awful. I just I don't even. Oh gosh. I feel bad for everybody involved, inclu- us included. Like it's just it's a no good situation. The second debate was a debacle. I I didn't even watch the whole thing. I think I watched about halfway through, and then I was like, okay. They didn't even debate anything. All it was was attacking each other. It was literally over full, and over, like literally. It was like a fight on the playground. Like, well, you did this. Well, you did that. It it was Mean Girls, but like with Trump. <laughs> Come on, yo. And Hillary, and I feel bad because I do. I think that Hillary is qualified. I think she's. You don't capable. even have. You don't even have to say you think she's qualified. I know she's, she's qualified. been in public service for over thirty years, and she's more than capable of having an intelligent debate. But because of who she is debating, she has to lower herself. It's like she has to speak with a petulant child. Over and and they're debating over. They're supposed to be debating policy, but all they're debating is character. That's it. Which there's nothing to debate. We already know that Trump is awful. It doesn't have to be proven. <laughs> Everybody knows it's not a secret. And if he brings up Bill Clinton one more time, yo, Bill already served in the White House. It's done. He's not. He's not coming back. If he brings up Bill Clinton, like I'm, 
or these emails one more freaking time. Like, okay, we get it. We get it. I just, I can't. I just need, I, I just need this election season to pass so I don't have to see Donald Trump on my TV screen ever right. again. Now, now, actually, I can't really say that because if he gets elected president, then, oh, oh good Lord. Yes. Oh, God forbid. Like, seriously, God forbid. Please, God, forbid that. But <laughs> it just goes to show you what can happen when you run a campaign on fear. Like when you can play into the fear and emotions of people. It it just goes to show you what really can happen. Mm-hmm. And through his hate speech, he has been able to create a cult-like following. Mm-hmm. Playing on the fears of his followers. It's but crazy. It's very interesting, too, because President Obama's whole campaign was hope. I feel like that's a very interesting contrast is that Trump is running on fear. Like if he had a poster, it would say fear, fear, fear anyone fear, who is other. Exactly. Literally. Yeah. But yet we're all American. What? Like, what are you even saying? <laughs> I, uh, and then he acts like anything that's ever happened to anybody is solely their fault. Like, oh, well, you're not rich and white. That's your fault. Like, yeah. what? But I, I, I will give him one compliment. And this might be the only compliment mm, we have I to give. Call it a compliment. I, I, yeah, well, I will, I will give one positive statement <laughs> about <right>. this man. <laughs> right. He did answer the last question better than Hillary Clinton. He did. And how much that pains me to say. When I when I listened to his answer, I was just like, yeah. Okay, gonna... but the last question was, uh, say something positive, right? Yeah, about each other. Okay, so let's freaking be fair. What the hell are you supposed to say? That's <laughs> positive. She picked the one thing she could say. She couldn't say anything about him being a politician. She couldn't say anything about him being a fair man. She couldn't say anything about him not being racist, not being a misogynist, not being overall a terrible human being. She picked the one positive thing that she could say about him so of course he had the better answer because hillary clinton is actually a better person all right duh like touche i'll give him credit fine because he's like well he's stupid but like (laughs) tell us how you really feel i was he's the worst he's just the worst he's the worst he's the worst i can't really i don't know what else to say other than He's awful. He's the worst. I don't know how he's on television. I don't understand how he is now a politician. I don't understand how he is runner up or not even runner up, but you know. The Republican nominee. Yeah. What the fuck? (laughs) I'm so confused about that. And it's not just the debate. You also have the audio of Trump having a conversation with Billy Bush and others about a woman and it's just I mean completely derogatory completely derogatory and you can even see this is another issue I have with him he's just you may say he's not racist but he gets support from the KKK what more do you need I don't know like do you need any other proof than that nah no more validation needed. <laughs> yeah like if one of your supporters is wearing a, a white hood with holes cut out I got an issue with you dude like <laughs> We can't be cool. I can't support you. I don't support anyone that supports you. Like, if you support Trump, you hate me as a person. You hate me as a black person. You hate me as a woman. Uh, like, oh, so you're going all the way there. 100%. Like, he, and even on the, at the debate, he was lurking behind Hillary like a fucking predator. Like, I, I can't deal with this dude. I can't deal with him. I cannot 
deal with him. What was your take on his comments? Because there's there's been a lot of Trump supporters who have stood by him and said, you know, that's just what happens. And granted, this, this was 11 years ago. But then you've also seen a slew of, of individuals who have come on him very strongly. So as a woman, what is your your take on these comments? I'm not ignorant to the fact that these conversations happen behind closed doors. But I feel like it's the same as racist grandma using the N-word like, I still expect you to check the, the person. Like, it's not okay that that person is racist as it's not okay that this person is being a misogynist. So I, I wasn't shocked about it. Like, was it disheartening? Yes. But also this is Trump. Like, he's awful. I don't feel that it's fair that Billy Bush lost his job on the Today Show and he wasn't even the one making the comments. He didn't shut them down. Would I have preferred that he said hey man that's not cool yes but I don't think that he should be I don't think he should have lost his job over something that our presidential candidate said 11 years ago like I I think that's a little ludicrous but Trump can still be a Republican candidate like there has been no punishment like he can just do whatever the heck he wants but Billy Bush loses his job (laughs) That's a little that's a that's a little crazy and and I do agree that Billy egged him on but I do think that's a very normal thing that men do kind you guys kind of do that. I don't think that that's acceptable and I do think that that is part of toxic masculinity and that is something that we need to break down immediately. Immediately. I'm actually happy that this tape came out because it is opening up a conversation but I don't want the conversation to just be about like Trump is awful cuz he is one but two this gives us a, a moment to speak about the way men talk about women when they think women aren't listening. All good points. And for me, it was, when I first heard the the audio, I wasn't grossly offended mm-hmm. like a lot of other people were. And the reason for that was is I have been in very similar conversations with other men about it. And I know there are athletes and there's going to be men out there who don't want to say this. And I'm going to say it. There are a lot of men, and I'm going to put myself as a guilty one, who has made very inflammatory, derogatory comments when we are with our other with other men mm-hmm. regarding women. Minus I, grab her by the you-know-what. Yeah, I, now that has never come out of my mouth. But I want, I'm going to look at this from in the entire perspective. Is And I know there have been... You know, other athletes who've been interviewing saying, you know, we've, we don't say that. It's men say it. This is what we talk about. We talk about money. We talk about sex. We talk about women. That is what men talk about. And to hear the, the extreme, I won't say the extreme response, but to hear the very emotionally charged responses about mm-hmm. it had me go back to myself mm-hmm. and be like, damn, like, am I contributing to a culture, a conversation that is really doing damage to not only our society but to women as well yes yes you are and i had never ever thought about that so i've I've just kind of remained really quiet on it and i remember when he issued his apology i just really wanted him to say because i was like man i've if somebody had a a hidden microphone to me when i'm with my guys and Mm -hmm. something comes out y'all gonna be like justin you're gonna have some explaining to do Mm -hmm. like and i'm I'm gonna just tell you now i'm gonna gonna be 100 now if you ask me to recall exactly what i don't 
I don't know. Mm-hmm. But I know for, I can confidently say, and this isn't a proud thing to say, but I can say I know I have made derogatory, inflammatory comments that if my wife heard, if other women would have heard, they'd be like, damn, Justin, what the hell is wrong with you? Mm-hmm. And that just is how us men have been groomed, and I'm not making excuses of it. Mm-hmm. And going back to what I was saying, when he issued the apology, I just really wished he just would have said, these are the comments I made. I regret them. They were 11 years ago. I'm sorry. Looking forward to the debate. No qualifiers. Not even th- they were 11 years ago. Like, I'm just sorry. Just sorry. I'm sorry I, I made and the I'm comments. And I think he did say he was but ashamed. I, I, think it is embarrassed. An, I think it is important to say that it is 11 years ago because people do mature. Yeah, and, and, and this is because Billy made the comment in, in, in his apology as well. And he said, I, I was young and naive mm-hmm. 11 years ago. Mm-hmm. And, I, and to say that, right, that's someone, fair. that but, someone is the same 11 years later is not Okay, necessarily but Trump true. could have said that yesterday. Like he's been no, saying I, I, things I, and, in this vein again, in public. Again, I, 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 and that's why it's it's so charged because he still had says made right. or he's made comments very similarly to this. But I'm just saying that you we can't just dismiss right that. Oh, it happened 11 years ago. It doesn't matter. No, it does. Who I was at, at 17 years old, no, 16 years old is vastly different than who I am at 27. And if I'm going to be held responsible or saying this is who you are at 16 and who I was at 27, I would hope that someone would still be able to look and say, hey, there's still some some character relationship. I get that, but it would, like, in Billy's case, there's proof of that. But like I said, for Trump, his character has not changed. So it's like in this specific case, it's not relevant. But this if that's such a small thing to nitpick. It just bothered me because I'm clearly irritated by the entire thing because it is, it's, it's, encouraging predatory behavior which is ultimately very damaging for a female because this is the kind of thing that promotes rape culture and that is a very real fear and danger for women like this is what we are constantly you know running to our cars at night and like running with the keys between our hand and locking doors behind us and looking over our shoulders or making sure there's enough light to get to wherever you need to go like that is why we're living in a state of constant fear is because of this behavior. And that kind of talk perpetuates that. And and I can tell you now that I have never in my mind thought at all that these comments that I'm having with my guys is contributing to anything of that culture. I would have mm-hmm. never in a million years. Never. Right. But I, now I that you have. know, what changes do you make? Do you? Sh- that's my question to you. Like now that you know, do you shut it down or do you just let? It, do you not participate? Now do you just become silent? It's it's so tough. I, I because I wanna, it's so ingrained. Yeah, I want to I want to make a sweeping statement. So I'm going to change, but I don't want to be naive to that because as you said, it's it's literally ingrained in who I was as a man. Mm-hmm. Like what has society has taught us, and this isn't. I said again, I'm not pointing fingers at anything. I wanted to get to the the really the meat and potatoes of this conversation is this is who we have been groomed as as men. I didn't get taught like. Okay, th- my dad didn't say to be a man you need to do X, Y, and Z. There were there were things that we discussed as men, but I wouldn't say that there's a a guideline that said oh you need to check all these boxes and if you check all these boxes then you are indeed a man. Mm-hmm. But as you interact with when you when you're going through puberty as a boy and you go into you, you talk naturally like it is a topic of conversation as a woman and when you're a horny little boy you want to talk about like man I would love to have sex with this girl mm-hmm. and then these conversations just continually grow and grow and grow right. and grow and now we live in such a hypersexualized society it's like when you see these very racy sexually 
you know, ads, your brain is just, it just goes there. And again, I'm, I'm not making excuses for anything at all. I'm just saying how we as men have been programmed by mm-hmm. the conversations we've had, the advertisements that we've seen, the, the videos, the, mm-hmm. the everything that has contributed in our society to, to what men like. Right. And that has driven so much of, of these conversations. And like I said, now after, you know, hearing these women talk about, you know, toxic masculinity, talking about rape culture. These were things I had no idea really mm-hmm. what they were. Because as a man, I have the privilege of not having to worry or deal with those things. Yeah. And it is, it's completely messed me up. And I said, I, I would love to say like right now, I'm going to go back with my guys and say, hey, we can't talk like that to women. I, I really would love. About women. About women. I would really love to say that. But I, I don't know if I can comment this like, yeah, I'm going to do it. And that sucks to say. I have to, I have so to work on it. So what are you going to do? You no, I got to work on it. I'm oh. not going to, I'm not going to sit here and what I'm saying is like tomorrow. I can say, okay, boom, now go out because this is the way I've, for 27 years, I've been programmed one way. Right. But Literally. it's like, I just, I, and I'm so sorry to keep bringing a racist grandma. We need to have like a racist uncle or something. Cause that's so stereotypical. But like, I just liken it to if you have like, you've invited your black friend over to come up you don't tell racist grandma not to be racist you tell your black friend hey i got a racist grandma just like don't pay attention to what she says and that bothers me that really bothers me because i just feel like you as the person who is like the people who are making the issue worse and who are a who are the issue have to stand up for the person who can't get through to them you are in a position of power here you are in a position to say hey that's not cool we can't talk about women like this and this is why like this is it's an educational moment and screw them if they don't want to learn about it but don't be part of the problem because you're afraid of how it's going to be received amongst other men i 100 percent agree with you i'm not disputing anything you're saying and again i've said i'm not making excuses of it I'm sitting here like I now it would be naive and it would be a lie for me to say right now like, moving like, forward tomorrow, I'm, I'm going to immediately start shutting down every conversation because there's going to be things that people say that I'm it's not even going to process in my head to be like hey correct this it's like, oh this is what we talked about and I'm ripping and running and I'm like oh shit I'm just perpetuating the same thing that people are talking about so I'm not going to sit here on this platform and lie and say immediately <laughs> starting tomorrow right. that this is what I'm going to do I'm saying this is going to take time for me to really deconstruct Mm -hmm. and then really sit here and be like man like we need to be really careful about what we're saying Mm -hmm. like and that's just that's literally just messed me up i really encourage all men out there that it's not it's not a fun thing to discuss it's not an easy thing to discuss but i would encourage men out there to have conversations with your women friends and Mm -hmm. really dive into the the toxic masculinity culture the the rape culture conversation because it was a very eye-opening conversation for me is that you just kind of sit back and when you don't have to experience something there's nothing that there's nothing i can do that says i can walk into and, and and put myself on a woman's shoes like there's nothing that i can do so all i have to do or all i can do is go off the words and the experiences that they share and have to believe that is fact and the problem is, is not just men, but anyone who's on the other side can't understand. And, and when, I, when I say on the other side, this is not just relating to gender. But when you, as a person, can't specifically relate to another person's experience, like there's nothing that you can do to say, okay, 
I know exactly what you're going through. And the only proof that you have to believe is, is factual is their testimony, is their experience. You're like, well, I can't touch that. I can't feel that. It's not bulletproof evidence that's like, oh, this is 100%. We can put this in a court of law and boom, there's there's no debate because you can touch it. And when other people's experiences in the stories, you can't touch. So you're just trying to con- completely sift through to find mm-hmm. that that hard, hard evidence. And, and really, it's it's not there. And that's the challenging part is like I'm sitting here listening to all this. And I'm like, man, I don't ever experience this. And these conversations aren't affecting me like that. So you want me to stop these conversations that are so natural, that have been so natural in my male circles. And now it, it, just, like it messes everything up. Right. And again, this is, and I, I, I want to emphasize it hundreds of times over. I'm not making excuse for anything. I'm not defending any actions. No. And it is something that we as men, me included, have to start breaking the cycle of the conversations that happen because it is creating this negative culture. I'm willing to bet, though, that next time something does come up and something is said in front of you, you will think twice before participating. Agree. Like you're not going to just jump in willy nilly. I don't think I think now that you have you have somewhat of an alert system installed. There was no there was no system before, but you've had enough conversations. Now you're equipped with enough information to go. Hey, wait a minute. I think that that is harmful. And this could potentially be bad for women everywhere, literally everywhere, because it takes one man to mess everything up. So you could be having conversations with one of your friends and they could be having a conversation with one of their friends who then has a conversation with their friend and their friend is a little aggressive, right? Because I think also as male, males, you guys are taught to express yourself in anger and aggression. Yeah. So if you couple that with not being able, so you're feeling like I really like this woman and you have entitlement issues and on top of that, and she's not really, maybe she's not feeling it or whatever, but you've also got anger and aggression. You mix entitlement, anger, and aggression. What do you get? Violence. Every time towards a specific group being women. So it's like you may not feel like you're in a position to help, but like let's say that same friend, you have a conversation instead of talking about objectifying women, you decide to break it down to them and they go, oh, shit I'm like this has me kind of messed up in the head let me talk to my friend about this and then that friend talks to their friend about it and instead of getting angry and aggressive and feeling entitled towards a woman body a woman's body which he still might feel but maybe he can analyze it hopefully that's the hope is that we can install an alarm system in as many men's head as possible so that they can see like oh this is what I'm experiencing. This is what I'm feeling. And this is why I feel this way. Cause I've been conditioned this way. I, I think that would be helpful. It will, it will certainly but it's going to take courage. It's going to take courage. <laughs> it's going to, it's going to take a lot. Right. It, it goes, it goes back to, you know, really deconstructing everything that you have learned as mm-hmm. an individual and mm-hmm. me in this case, a man like this is no, you just can't free willy nilly talk the way you want to talk. You have no. to, exercise them and yeah. you have to exercise discretion but also if you don't you're leading to x y and z yeah. and that's the point that really messed me up and, and there was uh, a celebrity right now i'm blanking on her name she started a, a a hashtag and it was basically championing women to talk about their sexual assault cases mm. and they shared the same hashtag and it was just such a 
hard read to go through. You know, just to look at all of these women just sharing stories. And I'm like, damn, this is something that I never have to experience. And it just opens your eyes. And there was even a young woman who posted a Facebook status about it, who we went to college with, talking about her experience of being sexually assaulted. Mm -hmm. And when I read it, I didn't equate what the gentleman did as sexual assault. But knowing that that was indeed sexual assault, it didn't mess me up even further. I'm like, I even have a misconception of what sexual assault is Mm -hmm. as a man. Mm Mm-hmm. And so, like, so I, it's just like these last, really just the last kind of month for me has just been a real like Since mental. Since the initial conversation. Yeah. It, it's just, it, it's been a, a real, I'm in a very interesting mind space and it's, it's uncomfortable. Like, I'm going to just be honest with you fellas. It, it's very uncomfortable, but like, it sucks to say that as a 27 year old man, I didn't really, the, my definition of sexual assault was not the same definition that women have. Mm-hmm. Like, that's a scary thing to say. That's terrifying, actually. I think we all have a lot to learn from each other, but I do think that we owe it to each other to apply what we have learned almost immediately. Like, if you find out there's a way you can help, like, you could. It's literally like if they tell, this is awful, but they tell, like, a little kid, like, if if there's a pedophile, you tell so that they can't hurt anybody else. It's, it's that way of thinking is that you have to get to as many people as soon as possible. So the longer you delay, the better chance that somebody down the line is going to get hurt. This is an everyday threat for every woman out there. No one is exempt. There's been stories of, of an 80-year-old woman whose home was broken into and she was raped and killed Ugh. in her 80s. Like you literally can't get away from this ever there's no escape so the only escape is for the aggressor to be educated about and hopefully make a different decision because like how justin was saying your definition of sex i think you know breaking into somebody's home and raping them is like you know like that's common sense but you could be causing trauma to somebody and not know it because it can be on in your mind a lesser scale like oh but we didn't want to have sex or whatever whatever we can't afford to not be informed on this issue anymore. And we can't afford for males not to step it up because they're uncomfortable. And we sure as hell cannot afford for men to deflect what the real issue is. Like we don't have time. Ain't nobody got time for that. Nobody. And that's what I can say has really been the, the one positive thing about this election season is it has sparked up a lot of conversation. Mm-hmm. It has people talking about race. Mm-hmm. It has talk people talking about gender equality. Mm-hmm. It has people talking about real I deal like social all kind issues. Of equality. Like yeah. Literally yeah. social issues across the board that mm-hmm. have not been discussed before. Mm-hmm. And it just goes to show you what they're we, all in jeopardy. What we as a country have just kind of masked over. And mm-hmm. now when the, the the veil is removed, mm-hmm. it's like we have to deal with these issues. And I said it's it's been beneficial for me and be able to have conversations with, with different people and, and get their mindset. You didn't even like, know you needed to have a no, conversation. No idea. I had no idea. Right. And and that's and, and that's where I can go back is how awful this election cycle is. Is I can go back and say that I don't know when was the last time this much social commentary, this many conversations have been going on in, in, in the public eye as well as the private eye? I, I can't remember a time. And granted, I've only been alive 27 years, but I would really, really be interested to see how much influence this has had socially across the board. I know we've said it before, but please, please, please 
make sure you are registered to vote and on election day go out and cast your vote your voice matters and you have an opportunity to affect change have to make a difference mm -hmm. that is that's one of our our, our rights mm -hmm. as american citizens exercise your right to vote especially in this election thank you guys again so much for tuning in to another episode of married millennials be sure to subscribe to this podcast on itunes and stitcher and share it with your friends and please connect with us on social media you can head over to our website lovejays.com and you will see all of our social media icons right there at the top of the page we'll see you next tuesday <laughs>